coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. When you're creating a business, is visualize the future and put yourself there, like, like emotionally and physically, put yourself in the future and, and then look back and say, okay, what are the steps that I took in my imagination to get here? Like, what like how did I get to where I am? Right. And it's much easier if you're standing in the future to think about how you got there than it is when you're standing in the present. Because when you stand in the present, you, 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 you're looking at brick wall up there overwhelming but if you can put yourself in the future and turn around and look backwards it actually becomes it actually becomes easier so i think visualizing the future you want to live in is really really important for an entrepreneur welcome to the show i'm matt shields on past the secret sauce we unscramble the life stories skills and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Up next on Pass's Secret Sauce, we have David McCourt, who is the chairman and CEO of Graham McCourt Capital. Now, David is a really experienced entrepreneur. He's been in business for himself for about 30 years and has had some great successes. As a matter of fact, one of his most recent successes was just being awarded the largest contract that has ever been awarded by the Irish government. It was about $5 billion, and they are upgrading the the infrastructure in Ireland to be able to support remote rural areas, you know, basically connecting everyone to the internet. So David, we, we get into building businesses, building culture, how to make sure that you're focused on the right things as you're going through your entrepreneurial journey. So again, this is a special episode. We talk about a lot of different topics that entrepreneurs face on a regular basis. So I hope you enjoy today's episode with David McCourt on Pass the Secret Sauce. Well, it was, it was crowded, Matt, because there was 11 of us in total. There were seven kids, two parents, and two grandparents. So it was always very, very crowded. And I was the youngest of the, of the litter. So there wasn't a whole lot of time for complaining and there wasn't a whole lot of time for, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. It was just sort of get on with it. Mm-hmm. But it was a great, it was a great family. It was a, it was a, it was a great family and it was a great environment, good Irish Catholic, you know, blue collar family in Boston. It was, it was, it, it was perfect. That's great. That's great. And, and were you, did you show entrepreneurial tendencies early on? I mean, cause you've obviously accomplished a hell of a lot. Well, I don't know. You know, the term entrepreneur wasn't really, wasn't really used when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. There were, you know, there were people that worked for a, a big established company and there were people who you know, work for smaller businesses uh, or or their own business, but there really wasn't this the the the, the same cachet mm-hmm. as there might be now with the word entrepreneur. 
So uh, did I show the type of tendencies I believe that people should have if they want to be an entrepreneur? I'd say the answer would be yes. Mm -hmm. um, what type of tendencies? What type of tendencies would that be? Well, persistence mm -hmm. and curiosity and optimism, you know, following your dream, following what you, what you want versus what someone says you should be doing. Mm -hmm. um, connecting the dots, following leads, you know, curiosity, persistence, those, those qualities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I couldn't, couldn't agree more. I, I've always had those, uh, those tendencies, good or bad. They, um, they've always served me well. So, but uh, what type, what was your first uh, business that you started? What, what types of, uh, what type of industry was it in? How did you get started in that, that first business? Um, talk a little bit about that. Well, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to skip the paper route and all those. those. Yes. Things. Yeah. 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 First, first real um, company, we'll say. The first real business I had was a business designing and building cable TV systems early, early in the, in the trajectory of, of cable. Then after that, I built the first competitive phone company in America mm -hmm. because my customer didn't pay me when I was a cable TV contractor. And I almost went broke. And I told myself, if I ever get out of this jam, I'm going to build a business with reoccurring revenue. Mm -hmm. That's what I, that's what I did. I built a business that had a reoccurring revenue. It was the first competitive phone company in America. And it was a interesting insight. My insight was that more computers were talking to computers. So more computers were talking to each other than people were talking to people so that rather than retrofit the phone network to try to run data over it, mm -hmm. why not build a data centric network? And then I could run voice virtually free on that network, which is what I did. And it turned out to be a hugely innovative thing. And then we merged that into another company and created MFS McCourt. And then we merged that into another company MCI WorldCom. And then that, of course, was merged into Verizon. Mm -hmm. So it was, it, you, you know, our last merger was a $14.5 billion merger. So it, wow. it, it went from, from nothing to, to something quite big. And that was because we had a good idea and we were following a trend mm -hmm. of, of computers talking to computers. So I think as an entrepreneur, if you're curious and you follow trends and you don't confuse trends and fads, but you follow trends mm -hmm. and you're able to navigate through both technological changes and regulatory changes and consumer behavioral changes, if you're able to navigate through all those, I think you can end up in a really good position. And, and that's what luckily I did. Yeah, that's, that's impressive though. I mean, how did you go from we'll say, you know, being broke, you know, you, you had a failing, a failing in business, failing business, right. <laughs> and you spun that around into this telecommunications company. Did you, did you already have connections that you're able to leverage to sort of springboard into that position or talk about how you, how you got that, that first company up and running fresh off of a company that didn't produce that well? Well, Matt, that you, you're onto something interesting, which is, you know, how to, I think you use the words, how to visualize that. That's exactly 
the, the right phraseology because what I believe you want to do is when you're creating a business is visual, visualize the future mm-hmm. and put yourself there like like emotionally and physically put yourself in the future and and then look back and say okay what are the steps that I took in my imagination to get here like what ha- like how did I get to where I am right and it's much easier if you're standing in the future to think about how you got there than it is when you're standing in the present because you stand in the present, you, 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 you're looking at brick wall after overwhelming. But if you can put yourself in the future and turn around and look backwards, it actually becomes it actually becomes easier. So I think visualizing the future you want to live in is really really important for an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great advice. So what what types of things are you working on today? I I I have a few things that uh, that was written in that you know, you, you just won a, a huge contract with uh, the Irish government. Talk about some of your new things that you're working on, what you're looking at, you know, moving forward now. Well, we got that. We have the largest contract that the Irish government has ever given out. It's the contract to wire every man, woman, and child in Ireland with fiber. It'll be the first country in Europe, I believe, to make it a birthright that every man, woman, and child has uh, a fiber connection. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, and it's the largest telecom public-private partnership in the world right now, I think. So that's a very, you know, it's a, 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 it's a all-in, I guess it's a $5 billion project. It's a wow. huge, huge project. Mm-hmm. And that's an exciting project. And I'm also, you, you know, looking at, I produce a lot of TV content and, and want to, few Emmys for that over the years. And we're looking at getting back in that business again. And as well, you know, as you know, I just published a book not long ago, which was a bestseller called Total Rethink. So I'm still busy promoting that book and talking to a few people about how that might translate into, you know, a documentary on, on some of the subject matters in that book. And then we, you know, we're, we're always interested in the the technology space, that the technology and telecom space. So we're always looking at new things. But I'd say national broadband, it's a monumentous infrastructure project uh, and it's gonna rejuvenate rural Ireland. And that's a important project for me and an important thesis for me because- Hey, it's Matt. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I've been involved in the multifamily real estate realm for a while. It's something that I truly, truly enjoy, and I wanted you, my listeners, to be the first to know about something new coming out. We're calling it the MultiWiser Deal Room. It's a community of individuals just like you who want to get wise about multifamily real estate investing, developing, and even owning and managing your own complexes. You'll be able to network with people from all sections of the industry, from investors looking for deals, project managers looking for investors, real estate brokers, property management agencies, contractors, remodeling experts, finance gurus, you name it, we're going to have it in the network. I've been at this for a while, and I know it takes a community to make just one of these projects happen. And the MultiWiser Deal Room is my attempt to shorten your learning curve and get you plugged into leading experts fast who can help you close your own deals. We start off with a video glossary of over 150 commonly used terms to increase your understanding and help you get moving. 
Also included in the community are training videos to help you be successful, like how to put together a pitch deck, build a team, and so much more. We're going to have live interactive Zoom calls where you can ask your questions and learn from people who are actually out there in the industry doing it. For more information, go to multiwiser.com. If you step back and you look, never in the history of civilization has urbanization caused so much of a problem. Mm -hmm. You remember this, this, when my grandparents moved from Ireland to America, 90% of Americans lived in rural areas. Today that's flipped. Mm -hmm. And my son is growing up in, in New York in an area where 80 plus percent of Americans live in an urban environment. So it's, it's about, you know, over two generations, it's about perfectly flipped. Now, that means, you know, globally, you know, what does that mean? Well, first, why? Why does everybody move into an urban environment? Well, because of opportunity. So, so and what problem does it create? Uh, you know, crowded areas, environmental problems, cost of housing goes up, congestion, traffic, pollution, and spread of pandemics. When there's a pandemic, they spread much quicker in an urban environment. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, and put it in perspective, Matt, about 3 million people in another London or another New York or another Hong Kong in the world. So that will add about two and a half billion people to the urban mm -hmm. footprint over the next 30 years. And that's just not sustainable. So, you know, the solutions for that, you can build a whole new town like Neom and the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. If you have the money, you can build a whole new town that's environmentally sensitive and environmentally uh, built with it with a low carbon footprint, built with jobs already built in, built built with public transportation from the ground up. So it's it's built with schools, hospitals, public transportation, environmentally sound, beautiful, you know, museums, shops. Every everything is sort of being built from scratch all at once. Mm -hmm. That's a solution if you have that kind of money. Another solution is to bring jobs to rural areas, and that's what we're doing to rejuvenate rural Ireland, mm -hmm. which is a far, you, you know, far more interesting solution and far more attainable by most countries. Or you can just ignore the problem, which a lot of countries are doing. And in those countries, you know, one in three people in urban environments are living in slums. So that's not such a great solution. So that's why the National Broadband project in Ireland is probably the most exciting and interesting and important project that we're working on. And it also, Matt, fits the sort of triangle of what I spent my whole career doing, which is the intersection of government policy, business, or making a profit, and community. Mm -hmm. So the navigating through government policy and also making a profit, but also contributing to the communities I do business in, that triangle is where I've spent my whole career. And that's where I would like to spend the rest of my career. And that's the most interesting. Now, what's interesting about that little triangle is the two sort of leaders in that, both government policy and business, have done a lousy job over the last 50 years. Uh, businesses have got better at extracting a profit, but not as good at contributing to the communities they do business in. Mm -hmm. Government policymakers have made policy that's good for them personally to get them elected, but not necessarily good for the community. Mm -hmm. So both the policymakers and the businessmen and women 
haven't done such a great job over the last 50 years. So in the community, the, the little, little guy, a man or woman that's just trying to make a living and support their family, it's got screwed. So working in that triangle and trying to contribute to the community we do business in, you know, that's our thing. And National mm-hmm. Broadband is, is the biggest investment the government of Ireland has ever made. And we're proud to be a part of that. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And I, I, I would imagine too that, you know, the, the entire COVID thing has sort of accelerated the need for that as well. Because uh, again, as you, you mentioned, you know, obviously in the past, there's been a lot of people that have, you know, congregated more in city type locations, more densely populated areas. And now, you know, everybody wants to move away from everyone. And in order to do that, obviously they need those, those connections, so, so I would imagine that it, it's making your job a little bit easier, if you will. You know, people are probably not protesting as much, correct? Yeah, well, I would say that, I'd say, Matt, that what COVID has done is it accelerated what was already going to happen globally mm-hmm. by a full generation. You know, oh, for wow. generations, 20 to 30 years, I would say we have accelerated the decline of the traditional nine to five workday. We yeah. have accelerated the decline of the traditional, everybody has to be behind their desk uh, at the same time in the same location. We've accelerated the decline of the traditional education system. We've accelerated the decline of even things as controversial as you know, traditional religion that that where in order to be a spiritual person you have to be in a certain building at a certain time mm-hmm. um, I, I'm a spiritual person but I don't believe I have to show up at any particular place at any particular time to prove that to, to, to my maker but so I think all these old institutions and that's what my book Total Rethink is really about Matt is that all these old in- institutions have to be rethought mm-hmm. because not moving fast enough for the times. And now COVID has accelerated everything by a full generation. Yeah, that's, you're actually the first person that I've talked to that, that has put that kind of perspective out there. And I, I couldn't agree more, but I've, I've never really thought about how quickly, you know, in six, eight months, you know, that, that absolutely has changed the trajectory of, of the way that we are moving from you know all kinds of different areas of our life. So so of course uh, you know the technology infrastructure all of that needs to progress along with that. I've never I never really put that perspective together before. That's that's interesting. It, it, it's you know it's it's this concept of everything moving faster than it used to mm-hmm. in that the world used to be you, you know uh, improvements were made on an incremental basis and problems came at us on a pretty incremental basis in that new world order where everything's coming at us very fast and everybody has to be more revolutionary and more entrepreneurial the way they think of things. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's what my whole, my book is about. And the book is, is designed around helping people to think more revolutionary, to think more like an entrepreneur, not necessarily be one, but think more like one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like that. And and along those lines too, you know, that's that's what the show is all about is becoming an entrepreneur and how to become an entrepreneur. In your opinion, what types of things 
should people be doing? Should they be studying? You know, if they if they want to become an entrepreneur, and I know that we touched on some of the characteristics that you have to have. If if someone has that that desire, what what types of steps can they take to, you know, minimize their risk? I guess you can say, and learn as much as they can about you know becoming an entrepreneur in some type of capacity. Well, you, you know, f- f- first of all. They should get comfortable with the fact that they might not make a lot of money. So, you know, don't don't think that that becoming an entrepreneur is about the money. Because, look, I've made a lot of money and I've lost a lot of money and I've made a lot of money again and lost a lot of money again, and it, it's a cycle that that you know it repeats itself over and over because that's the life of someone who wants to live the the life I've lived. Now, it's been an incredible, interesting life and. and you know, I've traveled all over the world, and I've done business all over the world. And I've done business in 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 the Middle East, and I've done business in uh, you know, all over Asia, and all over Europe, and all over North America and South America, and met wonderful people, and blessed in that I love what I do, and I only work with people I love, and and only work on projects I love. So that's a good place to start. Do what you want to do with people you like to be around. Be prepared to fail because you might very well and probably will fail. Hopefully, you, you know you won't fail all the time, but you do need some luck. Mm-hmm. You need to be persistent. And you know one of the best qualities that an entrepreneur has is to be persistent. And although it's one of the best qualities, it's also a potential weakness because you don't. People who are wired that way, they never give up. That's yeah. great, but they also don't know when to say no. Mm-hmm. So you 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 know you know the difference generally between rich people and very rich people is you know rich people say yes and very rich people say no all the time. Mm-hmm. So they they just know to limit uh, the amount of time they spend on other stuff. So, but that's not necessarily the the great entrepreneurs are also hugely curious. Mm -hmm. So there's sort of conflicting qualities there, being insatiably curious and also being able to say no. It's very, very hard to thread that needle because those are opposites. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. I guess, you know, you've, you've been very, very successful, obviously. Do you have any types of frameworks or structures or anything that you use to determine whether or not, you know, you should be placing time and energy in an opportunity or, you know, that's not something that I, I should be focused on at this point. Do you have any, any advice there? Yeah. A couple of things. Number one, I always step back and say, is that a trend or a fad? If it's a trend, if it's an absolute trend and I'm convinced it's a trend, I don't want to fail, but I really don't care if I fail a few times because I know eventually I'll get it right. Mm -hmm. If it's a fad, and you don't get it perfect the first time you screwed because by the time you go regroup and rethink, the fad may very well be gone. So you've got to be able to distinguish trends from fads. Like I was convinced when I built my first company that there were, it was a fact that there were more computers talking to computers than people were talking to people. And it, it you know, I was convinced that that was a trend that wasn't going anywhere, mm-hmm. uh, that computer technology was getting better and smaller and faster. And there were going to be more computers talking to people and that putting data 
through a network that was designed a hundred years earlier mm-hmm. for voice just didn't make any sense to me. And instead I built a data network and wrote voice on it virtually free. So that's a, you know, that's a very specific trend that I was riding. So I think if you can follow those trends, you'll be okay. If you can't distinguish one from the other, then it's going to be a little bit of a problem. Yeah. And, you know, and focus on your downside. The upsides will take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what types of things would you focus on, you know, the, the downside risks? Are there channels or, or buckets that you typically would look at from, you know, from a downside risk that, that you know, you, you should yeah. you know, pay attention to these few things? Yeah, everything will cost more than everybody tells you. Yeah. <laughs> Revenue will come later than everyone tells you. And the people you you hire as you get bigger and bigger, there's a higher likelihood that you'll get disappointed just because it's 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 difficult stuff. Mm-hmm. Business is hard. Business is tough. And you, you know, people will disappoint you. Revenue will come slower. Mm-hmm. Problems will come faster. Everything will cost more. Almost across the board. Almost across the board, Matt. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Are you connected with any advisors or anything like that? Were you the person that was, you know, seeking advice from people who were more experienced than you, or were you kind of always the uh, the trailblazer that that was figuring things out, sort of as no. they happened? I'm always looking for advice. I I'm always asking people questions. And I've been lucky, you know, Jack Welsh, the CEO of General Electric, legendary CEO, was a mentor of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walter Scott, who's on the board of Warren Buffett's company, Berkshire Hathaway, has been a mentor of mine. I've been lucky that I've had two or three, you know, men or women that have just been very, very helpful to me. Very helpful to me. And they've given me their time. Yeah. Which has been invaluable. So everybody needs that. Every entrepreneur needs that. Anybody who thinks they can do it alone is just wrong. Yeah. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, David, we're, we're just about up on time here. I, I did want to call out the fact that uh, you, you uh, were very influential uh, to me growing up. Your, uh, you touched on it earlier. You, you won an award or an Emmy for uh, some of your earlier works. But uh, you know, just so the listeners understand, that was for reading Rainbow, which I can still hear the, sound, or the, the, the soundtrack, the song in my head. I used to watch that show all the time. So, you know, thank you for the work that you, uh, that you did on that show. We're going to hopefully do a different reading show, not reading rainbow, a different show that's more technology driven, more modern mm-hmm. for the next generation, Matt. So your nieces, nephews, or kids or little brothers can, can listen to it. So hopefully we'll get that, that done uh, this year as well. Love it. I love it. David, if, if someone wanted to, you know, learn more about you or any of your work or anything like that, what would you say uh, is the best way to, to, uh, to do that? They should, you know, follow me on social media, either, you know, at DC McCourt, DC McCourt, M-C-C-O-U-R-T, and they can follow me on Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn. And then, you, you know, hopefully they'll be kind enough to order my book and read it and flatter me with with some comments about my book and then ask me for my advice. And it will be, it'll be easy for me to say yes, because they'll have told me that they, they got my book and, and read it. And, and that if they, if, if they ask me a question that's obviously been answered in the book, then I know they never read it. So yeah. I'd be less motivated, but I answer 
almost everyone that asks for a little help, if they take the initiative to read the, you know, buy the book and read the book, I, I'm, I'm, I, I try to reach out to, I try to reach out to all of them. I love it. Yeah, this is great. David, again, thank you for the time and uh, look forward to seeing what, what you uh, innovate next. It should be, uh, should be interesting. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Matt. No problem. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.